I've tried as, as soon as my eyes are open. Like, how bad do I need this job? <laughs> like, if I if I lose my job today, <laughs> how good will I be? Like, how long will I be good for until I really need money? Like, how, is it enough time for me to, how am I going? I've, I've opened my eyes and thought, do you ever feel like, like we could be living differently? Last words pod. My name is Keon, aka Almighty the DJ. And I am Earl Lonnie Hooks. Special thanks to everybody joining us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. As always, our episode today will be brought to us by Mentor. Hmm. Okay. Noun, a wise and trusted counselor or teacher, an influential senior sponsor or supporter. We will we will we will get into that. I'm certain as always it'll rush itself into multiple things that we have to, but certainly the one thing that I definitely want to focus on today for sure. Okay. But but go um, ahead, what do, you, what do you got? Little random tidbit here. Uh my son hit me up the other day and told me that he was sleeping and couldn't. Oh. Oh. Told me that he was sleeping. Oh, he did it and couldn't. It just felt like he couldn't get up, and it and it just felt like a dream to him. Was he afraid? Did he? He did, said it was kind of scary. Okay. He said it was scary. If anyone's wondering, we're talking about sleep paralysis. Yes, um, which you've gone through once it was, correct? I, I think maybe twice, but the second one I can't really remember. Yeah. But he didn't tell me he saw any demons. Any or, any dark spirits. No, he just told me he simply couldn't yeah, just bring, bring himself, himself to, yeah. out of it. Yeah. And he was you know, just telling me like... No looming figures nah, over him. Nobody just walking nah, from one end of the room to nah. the other. Yeah, okay. Um, But he was just... He told me it was scary. And he was like... He was, you know, he was basically he was like, I don't know if I can go to sleep. Right. He was like, I don't know if I want... I, want, I was like, I was like, look, it's called sleep paralysis. It happens to a lot of people. Um, You're going to... You need to go to sleep. <laughs> like, it's Okay. It's okay. It's yes. it's just it's kind of like a dream. That's, yes, that's what I, I was just trying to make it easy. Would you, know you would you would you like to tell the people why <laughs> why you're requesting that he knows or that he should be getting the amount of sleep that he should be getting? Yeah, I'll go into that too. <laughs> um, so hold on, you talking about the JLB? Yes, okay. I am. Yeah, you yeah you getting a, a new respect for sleep. So, um, after. After I don't know several months of chilling, I'm, I've I've joined the workforce. Long awaited. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Back at it. It's been a long time. Not gonna talk about where it is, but just know I'm getting this paper. Oh, that was so corny. Oh, ha, ha. wow. <laughs> I. I that is so corny, but I get it. It was on yes. purpose. Yeah, yeah. I knew no, it was I know, corny. I know, I know, I got it. I knew it, it was okay. corny. Yes, yes, but yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. You really did that. Okay. Oh yeah. I thought that up. That was that's like that was like three days in the making right there. <laughs> I, I knew oh. I was gonna say that like three days ago. Okay. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, man. So I gotta get up early as hell for this job. I be getting up at like five thirty. I've never had to get up that early for any job before. Yes, and it's really like my mind and my body are just off. They are wondering what the hell is going on. Um, you know, I've been unemployed for the last six or seven months or so, and yeah, you know, I'm used to just being up to like twelve, one o'clock. You know, just editing pod video or watching TV, right. playing video games, watching I'm just, videos, yeah, uh, YouTube, fishing, you know, or hiking, whatever is going on. Plenty of bullshitting, and <laughs> I've been doing that for a while now. Road rage, road rage. <laughs> I watch a lot of a lot of things on YouTube. Road rage compilations, or that's wild. That's a I, wild thing to to type into your search bar. They're very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started a new job, getting up early as hell, and I am paying for it because I can't seem to just go to sleep. I'm still staying up to like eleven. I managed to get to bed last night at like ten. Um, you dealing with FOMO, thinking that if like you just go to sleep a little like a couple hours earlier than usual, you're just kind of missing out on late night Twitter feed. Um, or you know, in the beginning of the week, like I just started this week. In the beginning of the week, it was it just felt tough. But as the week has gone on, and I've been at work, having to be at work, I've been coming home and just being tired enough. Where going to bed at like ten o'clock just feels good. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes. So, yeah, um, some takeaways from my I just completed my first week. So here's some takeaways from my first week. Um, and this is going to kind of be all over the place. I'm going to end it with a slightly funny story. Um, so when last time I was at work, you know, people were wearing masks, but I'd been in that job for a while. Yes. So I knew what those people looked like. It wasn't weird. Here, I don't know these people, um, and majority of them are wearing masks. Some of them, I've only ever seen their eyes. Yes. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, some of the people I work with, I can't really say I know what they look like. Yes. Is that weird? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a weird age in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. For I mean, I, I've definitely thought about this just in, uh, in all different sorts of forms, but people... Just having to, one, I think people are trash in ver- in various communications domains. Reading, body language has been one of them. And in that is facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And so in reading people's facial expressions, there's a lot going on with the nose and the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so just trying to read, you could very well be misinterpreting how people are looking at you right. if you're just looking at their eyes. And a lot right. of times people come off hella upset uh-huh. when they're not uh-huh. and so I, I find that to be weird <clears throat> i find again just not really knowing what people look like yeah. weird i found children growing up in that in that era just because they can't understand everything changed mm-hmm. as adults you understand why we're wearing a mask but trying to tell children you just have to wear a mask now because because what what do you say really covid because, what's that because there is <laughs> A, a microscopic sort of parasite 
like thing going through the air. Yeah. And if it gets inside of you, you yeah. could be sick and be hurt. Like that's yeah. terrifying yeah. Yeah. as a child. Like <clears throat> the imagination running with that is is terrifying. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, yeah, just <laughs> not knowing what the people's faces look like that you work yeah. with, that is weird. Yes. And one might ask, like, oh, well, what about the break room? Are y'all, you know, don't they take off their masks to eat? I don't do they, shit. In they the just break room. I was about to say, are they just slipping food underneath their masks? No, which I have seen people do, and it does look weird. <laughs> I um sorry I felt like I had to sneeze. That's all um, right. I have seen a few people. <sighs> Salute. Excuse me. Thank you. Um. So a few people have been in the break room, you know, eating. So I've seen a couple people's full faces, but I don't do shit in the break room. Like I don't. I'm not a break room guy. When I take my break, oh, I go yeah, outside. Yeah, that's hilarious. By the way, what the oh, hell? you can call. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> um, um, so I go outside, mm-hmm. um, because I just feel like I've been in here for several hours. I don't want to continue to be in here. Somebody, you know, walk into the back asking me a question and shit. I'm trying to watch Hulu or something on my phone. Mm-hmm. I I just go outside. I get in the whip mm-hmm. and I'm just gone. Like nobody can reach me. Leave me alone for my break. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Understood. Um, so the main thing here is, so a couple nights ago, I was a, I was getting ready to leave. Uh, there was a gentleman that works there. We're going to call him William. Okay. Um, All right, Bill. Or Bill. Uh, well, so William. Everybody's <laughs> on the little, you know, their little walkie-talkies, asking William a bunch of questions. He's in the back, at, you know, kind of sounding like he could give a shit. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go find this guy. Let me go introduce myself. I've never spoken to him before. So let me go in the back. I go in the back and, you know, he's back there kind of putting some stuff away, you know, cutting up boxes with box cutters. You know, he first thing I see him do, he takes a box. He just throws it. And I'm just like, okay, clearly he's bothered by something. Yes. But that's not going to stop me from talking to him. So I go up to him. I, I introduce myself. I'm like, hey, William, my name's Keon. Uh, you know, I'm training for, you know, for a uh, position. Um, and I was like, you know, like, you know, what do you do here? What's, you know, what's your job? And he was like, you know, yeah, I work in this department, blah, blah, blah. But right now I'm just kind of back here organizing things, um, you know, just straightening things up. And um, so after telling him the position that I'm working, he's like, Oh man, I would never want to do that. That 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 position is so stressful. Like I would never want to do that. And so hmm. I'm kind of the type of person when I hear shit like that, you know, it just goes in and it just kind of circles around for a little bit. Okay, it makes me start contemplating my life a little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I've learned to not take those take stuff like I take that stuff with a grain of salt. Okay. Especially when it comes from a person like William. That's throwing boxes. (laughs) Angrily throwing boxes. You know what I'm saying? And so he's just telling me a bunch of stuff about the position that, you know, he sees, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, Kevin. Kevin has the position that I have, Mm -hmm. but he works at the place that I'm training at. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, you know, do you think Kevin does a good job? And... He's like, yeah, I mean, he does a good job, you know, sometimes even too much of a good job. And I'm just like, 
okay, William, I, I see what you're doing here. You're just that angry nigga here at the job that doesn't really like working here, but you're here because it pays your bills. I get it. We all have one of those. Um, so I'm like, well, William, can you tell me anything that you like about this place? He was like, uh, I mean, you know, I'm in school, so they, you know, my they work with my schedule and, you know, we get paid every Friday. So that's pretty cool. OK. And I'm just like, OK, so, yeah, you're just yeah. you're just here trying to pay your bills. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, OK. I mean, you know, it is what it is. You still seem to do your job. However, I hate guys like that because it's like, yo, you can't be giving off all that. Neg- we talked about this last week. Yes. Like you coming in here with all that negative energy, dog. Like yeah. even if I I've worked jobs that I didn't like before, but I I try not to give out that negative energy, especially because William was the manager on duty. Like you're the manager on duty, dog. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be in here just not giving a shit just being angry about shit all the time. Like you gotta, you know what I'm saying? You gotta rally the team with some sort of positive <laughs> oh, attitude. he's not rallying no, the team. No, he ain't doing shit. No, not at all. He came in today as I was about to roll out and, you know, he was clocked in and everything. And so one of the guys I was working with kind of got on the radio like, hey, hey, William, you know, can you, he, he looked at the dude dead in his face and he ain't say shit on the mic. He was just like, <laughs> and I'm just looking at him walking like just he 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 did that. The guy, the guy said, "Hey, William, can you?" And, and he just started shaking his head. Yeah, he just like before just <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, so you just not even willing to just to get, do any to, to do yeah. whatever that guy had on his mind. Yeah, he didn't get to finish before yeah. you said and, no, and he just started walking away. Just started walking to the back. So. What I'm saying here is he's talking about, oh, yeah, your your position is going to be, it's real stressful. Like, I couldn't do it. They couldn't pay me enough to do that. Mm. And I'm just like, all right, Keon, don't lose confidence in yourself before yes. you've even really had any experience doing what it is that you're supposed to do here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, I, you know, that's just kind of, I, I allowed myself to not stress out based on what William was talking about, especially coming from a nigga like William. Yeah, because, you know, it's not to say that just because someone has a negative experience that they want to talk about, we all know that misery loves company. Yeah. So you want to open yourself up to other people's subjective experience Uh and take from it what you can, but you also have to to think deeply about what it is they're saying mm-hmm. and try to think deeply about why it is they may be saying that. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, again, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, which I told you about mm-hmm. before. You don't want to throw out the, the good things just because there's a bunch of bad things surrounding it. Right. There could be something in what he's saying, but if you start to question him about it, and it clearly just has to do with the fact that he can't find happiness in anything. You told me just now, he, he can't find any good thing at all about what he does at the place? Well, you don't have that, to love. He just said, yeah, yeah which, <laughs> which again isn't. It doesn't have anything to do with the actual job, right, right. With, with the actual action right. of doing what he does. Right. And so, you have to try to find something that you like right. about your job. You uh-huh. should be able to find a few things that you like about the actions, right? 
that you have to do the actual functionality you have in whatever your role is, whatever that role's functionality is in the bigger picture of the establishment. Mm-hmm. If you can't find anything good in that, then you got to go. You right. have to leave. Because I feel like you're just bringing other people. You're going to bring other yeah. people down with you. People are going to see that, you know, oh, well, William don't care. So and I guess I can chill, too. And it's probably, I mean, it usually is just a larger reflection of how these people navigate through life. Period. Right. So, right. yeah, right, right, I'm right. certain that's not the only place that William is is acting like that. Right. <laughs> so I was doing some training and. Part of my training was on harassment, blah, 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 you know, all the type of shit that most jobs talk about in training. But it got to a section about dating at work. Understood. And it made me think about a situation mm. um, in which I was in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? Go ahead, continue. Continue. Um, it made me think about a situation in which I was in. I came into a job. This was several years ago. Came into a job. There was this girl working there. Right. You know, we worked. Yes. Months into it. She's clearly into me. Yes. That's cool. I was young and dumb back then. So I was with it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And so, you know, you know, we, we, we did some nasty things. We... <laughs> Uh, you know, probably smoke some weed together. You know, we hung out okay. after work. Okay. You know, but she was a terrible person to like really work with. She she didn't have a great attitude. Mm. Wasn't really all that great at her. Like she did enough to get by. Right. It was always late. It was mm-hmm. always some shit. Always calling out. Mm-hmm. And so tough position (laughs) so there came a day where my boss was like we're gonna have to get rid of her (laughs) Ooh, and didn't bother but but you're gonna have to be the one to do no oh hell no okay okay hell no that wasn't my job okay 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 um yeah i wasn't the big boss in this position understood yeah understood Um, understood yeah so Oh, that would have been real fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That would have, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy it wasn't like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's. But no, there was a boss over me. Okay. In the, at this job, and that could that was going to do that. Yes. So I knew I knew the day it was going to happen, and I'm just just I ain't gonna say I was nervous, but I'm just like kind of anxious because I'm just like, damn, she gonna walk in here and have to walk right the fuck back out. Right. So she comes in. She goes in the back. I'm just I I stay clear at the back. I'm just up here just doing something. Do you right? Yeah, keep it keeping your head down. Yeah. <laughs> and so she go in there about five minutes later, she come stomping back out with the pouty face and walks right past me. Walks right past me and then turns around and she's like, looks at me and says, Do you know what just do you know what just happened? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, she was like, she was like, oh, so you knew. And I was like, yeah, like, what, you, what you thought I was going to tell you? I can't tell you that. I can't tell you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't tell you you about to get fired. Like, why would I tell you that? <laughs> and she was like, she was like, 
I mean, are you going to, like, did you try to talk her out of it? Or did you try to talk to her? And I was just like, I mean, no, there was nothing I can do. I mean, the things that she fired you for were legit. Well, yeah, like, like they, were, they were pretty concrete things. Like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what do you, like, what am I supposed to do? We're going to be like, oh, but you know, I really like to do nasty things with her and smoke weed. Like, like, <laughs> like how am I going to justify her wanting to keep you around? Like, right. I can't do that. Yeah, you're bad at your job. There's no talking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, she's just like, oh, my God, and just leaves. So, a couple days later, she calls me. Okay. And she's like. So has she said anything like since I've been gone? And I'm just like, I mean, no, not really. Like, what are you expecting her to say? Like, yeah, you, like you're like you have been terminated. Yeah, like so what are you expecting her to say? Yeah. Like, oh, maybe we should have kept her. Like, what do you what do you expect? <laughs> oh man, we really regret that. We should have really kept her around. And, and I don't then, know how this place is gonna stay afloat without her. And then she's like, oh, like, oh my god, Keon, I just can't believe this happened. And I'm just like. <laughs> In my head, I, I don't know why. I don't know why you can't believe it. But I'm telling that story simply because it, the dating at work thing reminded me of that. And it was just so fucking hilarious how she just thought I was about to save her job because because we do nasty things and smoke weed. <laughs> she thought I was about to save her job. I can't believe that this happened to me. <laughs> You know, it, it it really does astonish me the things that people are are astonished by mm-hmm. when they, when something happens to them in life. And if you were to ask the question, what did you do to prevent this thing from happening? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Crickets. It's just, well, no, I just would have never thought that it would have happened. <laughs> but these things happen in life and they happen for reasons. Right. So what did you do to prevent this from happening? <laughs> you didn't do anything. And not only did you not do anything to prevent it from happening, but you did everything to hasten the occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> like not coming to work, uh-huh. calling out, just doing the bare minimum. And that's another thing. A lot of people think that doing the bare minimum, like, you did. I did my job. Uh-huh. I did what you told me to do. I came in here every time you told me to do something. I went and did it. Uh-huh. And so I did my job. What is the issue? People don't people don't think that going above and beyond is going to set them in a different class of people that then would hinder a, a termination like that. It's like, damn, because because you have to think people are thinking about these things. Again, you've been in management position for a long time. Mm. And I think that people don't give clearly managers suck a lot of the, a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's because people are in leadership positions that have no position being in leadership positions. Uh-huh. OK, there are leadership qualities that there's enough people don't have leadership qualities to really fill these leadership positions mm-hmm. The way that they are to. And a lot of times people that have the leadership qualities will purposely not take those positions uh-huh. because of the stress that comes along with it. They could be making just a little bit more money than a person with a title uh-huh. that has all these responsibilities or more than that. And the person that takes that title takes takes that position for the title. And they also take a, a pay cut. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I see it happen all the time. Anywho, I do think there is a respect to be paid to the position of manager mm-hmm. because a manager, every employee deals with one manager. Mm-hmm. Every manager deals with however many employees there are. Right. And they're always the employees that don't show up to work. They either they might have car problems. And, and by the way, I'm going to name a couple of things that'll stop people from being the greatest workers. In some of these things, I, I should be said, it is understandable. And just like I said on the last one, everything may not be your fault, but these things are your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to see that mm-hmm. people are trying to run businesses. Mm-hmm. So car problems, people's cars always breaking down. It's like, well, it's my car breaking down. What do you want me to do about it? Like, You know what? That sucks. It's unfortunate. But guess what? We need people that can get to work. Yeah. That's just a, that's just a fact of the matter. Yeah. Maybe you don't got people that can always babysit your children or something like that. So now you got to leave early. You got, you can't even come in that day because you couldn't find a babysitter. Right. Well, I can't find a babysitter. You want me to do like, I got, I got to take care of my child. Yes, you do. (laughs) That is a priority. You should go, you should go take care of that child. But guess what? You also have to understand that I'm running a business and you doing this all the time, as bad as I feel for you. I can't just, I can't just employ you. Yeah. I need people that are dependable. Right. Um, again, the people that just come in and they're super negative. They're always spreading negativity. Every time they open their mouth, it's about they're talking shit about another employee and how they don't work hard, Mm -hmm. how they always have to pick up the slack for someone else, Mm -hmm. how the manager's putting the schedule out late or they're not giving them the hours that they want to or how the manager isn't doing whatever. They feel like they could do a better job as a manager, whatever the case is. People have a million reasons to be upset at work and they and those people will exercise those ideas out to people verbally all the time. Yeah. They're dealing with one manager. Manager is dealing with various personalities all the time. So I get that. When people are sitting in their offices, assistant managers and managers, district managers, general managers, when they're sitting around and they're thinking about who they have to let go, if somebody has to be let go, best believe they're having... Yeah, there are analytics involved, but some of the analytics are on just a human level. Yeah. And they're thinking, damn, like this person's so good to have here, though. Like, okay, they did this. They messed up this way. But is there any way we can work around it? Normally, we might fire someone here, but we like this person. They can rally the troops. And maybe it's not even their job to do it. They're a leader without the leadership position. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can rally the troops and they bring positivity here or they do just a little bit extra that other people don't do. But they've had three occurrences where they didn't pop into work or whatever. They had a no call, no show. But how can we work with them when you do things that are redeeming? Make yourself valuable. That's pretty much what it is. When you do, you have to find people. You have to have some redeeming qualities about yourself. So it can't just be you do a few of the, you have a few of these occurrences, these transgressions, but I do my job. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You have to do great things in order to have these transgressions that you have you have had at work. Yeah. In order for you to be stuck around. So for her to be, I can't believe this happened. I do my job. That's just not enough. No, I'm sorry. It's no. just not enough. No. 
That's all I got. I mean, you're being graded at work all the time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. How you expect, like, if, if niggas got to get cut, you can't expect them to cut the A-plus nigga and leave you with, you know, the C nigga there. Like, yeah, exactly. And that's what you would be, C, because you're just average. And, right. And average people come along. Yeah. So it's fine. It's nothing to replace you. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. That's weird. That's a weird thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. That's so, you know, it's it's been it's, it's been a fun week, been a long week. I'm definitely a little tired, but uh, I'll, I'll get used to it. OK. Yeah. Well, I brought up the mentor thing, mm-hmm. right, that we are that this episode is brought to us by again. Uh, say this one more time. A wise because this, this needs to be this needs to be defined and said over and over again. A wise. We're talking about mentor. A wise that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And trusted that matters. Counselor or teacher. An influential senior sponsor or supporter. This is a senior sponsor. <laughs> senior sponsor. Sound, sounds like a sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah, those are senior sponsors <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there are definitely some some people out here getting some some sweet sponsorships. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be a sort of a bear with me segment. I have a lot to talk about, but okay. I'm going to bring it to you in, in a few in a few different ways. All right. So I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, you and I spoke. You were saying that you were you could have possibly gotten a job for a different company mm-hmm. that job would have allowed you the way i just said jobs made me feel like no <laughs> but <laughs> the way but if you would have gotten that job it would have allowed you to have access to purchasing with a discount supreme clothing items yes one of the things that you said was, yeah, I don't got the type, I, I don't earn the type of money where buying a $400 t-shirt is necessary. <laughs> right. Right. And I thought just the way you said it was comical because it's <laughs> never necessary to buy a $400 t-shirt. <laughs> and so it, that made me think of this thing that I've heard, uh, we've heard in rap music, R&B, we've, I've heard people talk about it on podcasts before. And it is the, it ain't tricking if you got it. Ah. <laughs> okay. Now, for anyone that does not know, tricking, I mean, it, it, it's a trick or treat aspect. It is to trick someone mm. is to pull the wool over someone's eyes, have them do something that they wouldn't have normally done mm. if they had known the, the stipulations of reality, right. of what was going on in reality for whatever situation. Mm. So the way that this is usually used is women coming you know, to a man and tricking him into spending money on her, whether it's for good services or just cash mm-hmm. for their services right. back. Now, that could be strictly prostitution. Right. But again, you wouldn't even quite know that if you were being tricked into yeah. it. Yeah. Or just women hanging out with you. And they wouldn't be hanging out with you unless you were spending money for them to be doing whatever it is that they like to do. Right. That is tricking. Now, they say it ain't tricking if you got it. 
Okay. And I was thinking about you saying, well, I don't got the type of money where that's necessary yet. And I thought, well, if you had whatever money this is, would you not still... So you wouldn't be being tricked into buying this thing because it's not as though you're buying it thinking that it's just top quality. You understand that it's just a T-shirt that says the word Supreme on it. Right. So one is interesting to me that there's ever that amount of money to just buy a T-shirt knowing that it's a terrible thing to do. It's just <laughs> a T-shirt. But but you're not tricked into it. Right. You know exactly what it is your mind. You know it's just a bad idea. You're just going to do it regardless. Mm-hmm. So if you have a lot of money and someone is spending time with you and you know good and damn well that they would not spend time around you if you were not spending money on the things that they like. Mm-hmm. If it costs a thousand dollars to do whatever it is they would like or whatever it is they want from you and you are a millionaire, that money is probably inconsequential to you. Yeah. Meaning this, this phrase of, it ain't tricking because I got it. Right. And I don't care. Right. But it is tricking if indeed you don't know that that's why they're hanging out with you. Right. The trick comes from awareness or unawareness. Right. In it. It has nothing to do with the money. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen wealthy people. I've been around wealthy people and a lot of them are very frugal. And so... And I think that's that's kind of the key on how you stay rich is you just don't spend crazy. Right. So that money may be inconsequential to you because you have a whole lot or you feel like it's inconsequential to your bank account because you have a million in there. Yeah. So this thousand is nothing. But it's still tricking if you wouldn't have spent that thousand dollars knowing that they wouldn't be around if you weren't spending the thousand dollars. on. Okay, I get you saying. You can be tricked out of $1,000 if you're a millionaire still. You can be tricked out of $5. If you wouldn't have spent the $5 knowing what the reality of the situation was before, mm-hmm. I can still trick you out of it. That that $5 means something to me. Yeah, It just don't mean nothing to you, really. Or, or it does, again, if you wouldn't have paid that money beforehand. Again, this is getting a little complicated, but either way, it is tricking if you got it. <laughs> it's just not tricking if you don't care. Okay. It's just not tricking if you know for certain like, oh, well, I would not be getting these goods and services or this time from this person Mm -hmm. if I was not spending this money. But this money is inconsequential to me, so I'm going to spend the money. Okay. Therefore, it's not tricking. But I can, no matter if you're a, you can be a billionaire, I can still trick you out of $100. Mm -hmm. It's still a trick. That trick matters to me. It may not matter to you, but I still tricked you. Okay. Okay. We can agree that it is we talked about levels of or shades of lying on this podcast a long time ago and that all lying is not the same type of lying. No. You believe that you can lie on for for people's benefit. Yeah, definitely. Child trick them into eating vegetables. You find a way to trick them into eating vegetables because they would not eat vegetables if they knew it was a vegetable. Right. Right. So you find a way to do it. I don't know how parents always do it, but you you find a way. You mix it up in something sweet or whatever, whatever the case is. Yeah. Okay. So we have that in place. 
Let's move that to the side for a second. All right. Recently in life, I want to say in the last few weeks or maybe a couple months, Cristiano Ronaldo, famous soccer player. I was going to say football player. Player. Jugador de football. Went to a post-interview and there were two Coca-Cola bottles sitting in front of him. Yeah. To which he very astutely just slid them right out of the camera frame, which I feel like is hilarious that you know that this is exactly where the camera frame ends. Like he pushed it right out of the camera frame uh-huh. and said something like Coca-Cola, no water, see. Yeah. Coca-Cola is, I believe that it was like a $450 billion business or something like that. I believe it <laughs> went down to, and again, this, these are rough estimates. It's somewhere around there, but, the the point of it is is true speaks true went down to 446 billion because of that yes wow dropped 4 billion wow because cristiano ronaldo decided to push two coca cola bottles off to the side outside of the screen wow okay so we have all this tricking idea that it's okay to trick we know what tricking is and we understand now through this, if you think about it, that value is an idea. Yeah. This man who just kicks soccer balls very well <laughs> pushed two Coca-Cola bottles out the frame. And because of that, people were watching, saw that he didn't want Coca-Cola there. I don't want it either. And thought, fuck Coca-Cola. <laughs> I don't want it either. I don't know why I'm t- I drink that I'm shit. I'm getting out of the whatever my stake in the Coca-Cola business is, I'm done with it. Yeah. Because he doesn't like it. Yeah. We can say whatever we like about it. There's a lot of things to say about it. It is weird. We talked about Gabrielle Union selling whatever it was, Mercedes Benz's or whatever. Uh-huh. You have LeBron and Sprite, just people, Travis Scott and McDonald's. Uh I think it's Jay Balvin got on the McDonald's. Bad Bunny's doing Corona right now. He is with Snoop, with Snoop. And, and some other people. Yo, I, real quick, Good. I love to see Snoop out here with these endorsements. He's he's just a little bit of everything right now. <laughs> he's gonna be the next Shaq. <laughs> but so this speaks to my point is that. It's so funny that all it takes is to just see someone that is good at a couple of little things. And then now because they put a product next to them, it's so marketing is so interesting. It is like the things that we value and appreciate. Hilarious. All it takes is Snoop. We don't even know if he drinks Coronas. Right. He's just he's just there talking about the the high, the fine life. Right. Like we don't know. Okay. I watched a video. Now we're really going to get into what it is I came here to talk about today. And I'm going to bring all these together. I watched the video. I put in the chat. I doubt that you really clicked on it. Watched too much of it. You heard Mikey, RJ and I talking about it a little bit. Oh, it was panel of guys. Exactly. I didn't watch it. It was Brett Weinstein, who is an evolutionary biologist speaking to a panel of people. And it was labeled something like, well, so his podcast is Dark Horse Podcast, which I I've think that. people should go and try to look up and specifically look up the Dark Horse Podcast of the Black Intellectual Panel. Okay. This struck me 
in a way that I don't I don't know if it hit other people the same way because it was a two hour long podcast. A lot of interesting stuff talked about, but it was one thing that seemed so minute, so quickly did it come and go that I'm certain I'm certain it flew under the radar, but it just got my mind going. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about that today. I never heard of a Glenn Laurie, a Chloe Valdari, a John Wood Jr., a John McHorder, a Camille Foster, a Thomas Chatterton Williams, a Coleman Hughes. Mm -hmm. Had you heard these names? No, I don't recognize those names. Okay. So this is where I'm going with this. These people were talking about everything under the sun that had to do with whatever problems we feel like are stemming out of the black community. Okay. In America, mostly they speak on other stuff too, just because they just brought in it to international mm. talk, but mostly in America. And they spoke about it in an extremely rational sense, very logical, very well-spoken. Everyone had their own disciplines and was able to bring so much to the conversation. Seemed to be very objective speak. None of it seemed to be partisan to any political party, anything like that, or any or any uh, social movement, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. And at one part, probably somewhere halfway around, again, I implore people to go watch this video because it's. I doubt that you've heard so many people speak on topics like this in this fashion. Right. The woman, Chloe spoke about how she felt as though there is talk in the community that the the ilk of conversation they were having, the caliber of conversation they were having, and the, the subject matter in and of itself is not being had in the black public sphere. Okay. That there is talk that this is a thing. She also said that she feels as though that is a lie, that that's not the case, that there are people in the popular black public sphere that are having these extremely important conversations about stuff at a high level. Okay. Now I, you know, I love communications. I read deeply into stuff. I read just as much from what people do not say as much as things that people do say mm -hmm. in certain situations. Everyone on this panel had a lot to say about a lot of things after she got done saying what she had to say. No one said a no one acknowledged what she said. They just kept going. She named one platform in the popular black sphere. And she said, you know, for all of its problems, we have we have platforms like the Breakfast Club. That are speaking, that are trying to tackle these issues. Now, if you go just listen to 10 minutes of this video I'm talking about with these intellectuals, and then you go listen to any 10 minutes you can find that is on The Breakfast Club, it should strike you that she felt as though she had to point to this platform in particular as what seemed like hope for the talking space in the black community. Oh my gosh. Yes. 
Nope. That, <laughs> that's not good. Hell no. So, I'm, I'm, it, it got my mind spinning in so many different ways. So She should have she, she talked about your boy on Black News Tonight. Oh, Mark Lamont. <laughs> but but see, but that's that's also the thing. So I want to I want to talk about this in, in various ways. So, again, we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo moving Coca-Cola bottles. Mm-hmm. So value is just what we're willing to pay for something. That's all it is. So I've, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that we are valuing as people. And I don't necessarily, I'm not going to necessarily say that this is something that is inherent within the black community and only the black community, Mm -hmm. but that's what we're speaking on right now. And I'm trying to figure out the things that we're valuing and what has to happen in order to manipulate our views of appreciation of value to get us back on a different track so that the platform of hope in the in the public talking uh, space is not the breakfast club. Yeah, because these are not intellectuals. These should not truly be our mentors. mentors. All right. <laughs> the, this should not be that. And, and see, who's looking up to Charlemagne the God? Well, but that is but that would be the question. You tell me why they have four point eight two million followers and why these other people, if you go look at them, nothing. These people are not popping like that. Now, good information on its own is not enough for people to want to find it into and to stick around for it. Mm-hmm. That's what marketing is there for. That's what clickbait is is exists for. Right. Because you have to try to trick people into into trying to indulge into something that is good for them like vegetables is for a child, mm. but that they wouldn't normally do if you just told them what the content is in and of itself. So in my mind, I know that this is something that is going to take generations to change. It's not something that just changes tomorrow right. by somebody speaking on their podcast as I am right now to try to in, enlighten. But my idea is there has to be this essence, and I hate that I have to use this word, but we're trying to understand what the essence of cool is. Mm-hmm. I talked to you about Jacory on the last podcast. You talked to me about him trying to get fresh. That's where he's at. Yeah. You and I have also talked about on the last or the one before that about how we're, we're in middle school, high school. We're looking up to multi-million dollar earning rappers. Right. In a society where I feel like so many people are literally fatherless. Yeah. I think that we are figuratively fatherless as in motherless. I think that uh, there, there are people there, but the people choose who their champions are. Right. And we're not choosing the right people to champion us. We're not choosing the right people to mentor us. And I'm trying to figure out, and they were trying to figure out a little bit, 
what's going on there because they spoke about their influence on that panel Mm -hmm. and how they feel like they have a little bit, but that's not really where the influence lies is with people like them. That's an issue. They feel like there is a deficiency of leadership out here, like the deficiency of leadership in in the managerial sense that Mm -hmm. we were just speaking about. And so you also told me the other day when Jacory was watching TV, he saw a black person on it for a cartoon. Yeah. And he said, oh, that's the cartoon me. Like, oh, he looks like me. Yeah. And you felt like, OK, he has someone to see on the TV that, yeah. he, that, that connects with him or he connects to. And I asked you if you felt like you had a mentor or like some figure out there that you look to for information and for virtues and you said, no, nah, I don't really feel like I have that. Mm-hmm. You are missing that sort of father in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we not have this? I told you I went to a Eric Weinstein and Sam Harris, two intellectuals, one, you know, more philosopher and and neuroscientists, along with this evolutionary uh, biologist. And I went out there, Warner Theater, D.C., and you see a little black in that theater. These you walk in and it's just two people. There, there's there's a, a table in between two very large leather chairs mm-hmm. with two glasses of water on it. And I'm sitting back like, wow, how awesome is it that we're in an age where people revere intellectuals in such a way where they can just come sell out theaters yeah. to come sit down and think in real time and just speak on issues. Yeah. How awesome is that? That we're just in here ready to listen to people think about stuff thoroughly. That's cool. Ain't no black people in here. And I think that that's the case for a couple, for many reasons, many reasons that are just clearly also just beyond my reach of consciousness also. Right. But for a couple of things that I do think it is because no one on that stage looked like us. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that a lot of a lot of the times I don't think that people and I can't speak for all people, but definitely black people, people that I've known don't go outside of their race to try to find these people to look up to. It's there's something tribal in it. Yeah, I don't. You were talking about on the other one, having friends of just people of of different ethnicities Mm -hmm. and how you feel like that's kind of weird, like those people may be. If you ever wonder if those people feel like they're missing out on something, mm-hmm. not having people that look like them in their friend group. Mm-hmm. So there's something there's something familiar yeah. in that, in someone that shares your same skin color. Some people sort of transcend that idea and they're like, no, I'm just going to go over here and hang out with these other people that yeah. look different and, and listen to them and learn from them. Yeah. But if not, which I feel like maybe it's not that's not within our hard drive for most people. Maybe it's not in us inherently to just say, I'm going to go where the qualities lie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go wherever I find the virtuous characteristics, no matter what the person looks like. Right. I just, I'm just seeing the characteristics and I like what that person's saying. I'm going to go over there. So that's one thing I, they don't look like us. And in the values again, I, I'm I'm having a hard time thinking that we're valuing the wrong things, that we're putting too much appreciation into the wrong things. 
for this hyper intellectual person to bring up the breakfast club, I was astonished. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Okay. So these people know that they have some influence, but it'd be better if people at least like them had more influence. But again, I just read off a list read off a list of names, none of which you knew. I didn't know them before. A lot of people didn't know them before. Right. So I'm thinking about the essence of cool. I'm thinking about trends. I'm thinking about what has to be done to trick people into learning about something or indulging in something that they wouldn't normally do if they knew what the content was in and of itself Mm -hmm. before the click. Because that's what it seems has to happen. For now, intellectual doesn't seem to just be cool. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Swaggy is cool. And it's like the the intellectuals, they're out there. They're there. They're They're extremely intelligent, creative, imaginative, intellectually just driven black, brown people Mm -hmm. that people have no idea about. Right. And it's because they're missing the marketability. Mm -hmm. Now, again, we make the market. Right. So we're not valuing the right things, which is why we can't get these people to be marketable. Right. It's it's a very interesting yeah. thing to think about. I'm thinking about if because when you brought up Mark Lamont, I'm I'm thinking about people that are that are are not partisan. Okay. So you bring up a Mark Lamont from a Black News Tonight, yeah. and but every time we get a glimpse of someone, it's always some sort of. And, you know, maybe it's not extreme, maybe it's not radical to some people, but it has to be nestled inside of one thing. So now this is black news tonight. That's what he does. Yeah. Intelligent dude. But it's black, black, black. Right. OK, there's no there's no thinking outside of that. And it's always usually going to be some hyper liberal mm-hmm. ideas. Mm-hmm. That's not the sort of speak that is happening in these intellectual panels, it just transcends all of that they stuff. Just a little bit of everything. Y- yes. And, and it doesn't seem like, again, they're vying for any one demographic to like them. Right. They're just speaking truthfully about things. Right. You have him. You have a lot of people have liked that Kevin Samuels came out and started trying to give advice to people on relationships, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Relationships are a big deal, but he talks wildly to people. Yeah. And he always says, well, people don't like, it's not that people don't like what I'm saying. It's just that they don't like the way I'm saying it. Mm -hmm. Again, communication studies, the way that you're saying something is just as, if not more important than the actual things you're saying. Yeah. So that does matter. It does. You saying that because someone disrespects you, it's now time to start calling them fat and ugly and they stupid and they can't raise their children and you yelling at them and you hanging up on them. That's not what we need to hold up as virtuous. That shouldn't be a mentor for us. It's marketable. It's marketable. We're putting our values in the wrong things. It's it's funny to watch. It's like, oh, he got her ass. 
he just he just willing to tell it like it is. <laughs> He's just willing to give it back the same way, you know what I mean, that they're giving it. Right. That's all. Why can't they? That shouldn't be what we're teaching. It should be emotional regulation. If someone starts talking to you at a turn, you realize that that's their problem. Mm-hmm. You breathe. You calm yourself. You continue to speak to them respectfully. Or you just leave. Right. But there's no there's no need for that. That... G- because the angst in which people say, oh, well, he's just saying it like it is. He's just keeping it real. That is corrosive. That keeping it real shit, we got to let go of that when it when it comes off that way. Mm-hmm. When it comes off as disrespect towards someone. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we have to break these chains. We have to, we have to cut the fat off of cool. We have to get to what is really cool. We can't allow all these other things to be cool anymore. So I'm thinking about a Dr. Umar Johnson mm-hmm. always yelling, preaching about the white devil. And you can't date nobody that's outside your race. God don't make no sense. You got to do. It's got to be nestled in that. It can't be hyper intellectual and, and be outside of that or be nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. It's got to be you're vying for attention at, from these people. We have, you know, when when I think about celebrities, Kanye West and Nick Cannon, T.I., all these people that have big, you know, podcasts or just reach in general. Right. I'm thinking about the things that make a cool person. And I'm trying to figure out how to reverse engineer what how people look at cool. So that we can get it to to align with the things that optimize quality of life for people right. because we look at too many things as cool that shackle us to miserable lives. Mm. And, and so, yeah, that's heavy. It is. Them shackles are heavy. <laughs> and so that's been my idea thinking through all of this. There was, a chapter in the Beyond Order by Jordan B. Peterson, the uh, psychological clinician I'm always talking about. It was rule number seven, I think. It is res- opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. And that means that if you see something and you realize or, or you're looking in a space and you realize that within this space, there should be something there. And you have a pretty decent idea of what should be there, or what should be done. It would probably be best for you to take the responsibility and try to get that thing done. Mm-hmm. And that helps in the workplace a whole lot. Sure now that we're going back to the workplace. You just doing just enough in thinking that you're going to be liked. You'll be tolerated. Or you'll be you'll we'll keep you around. If I'm the manager, I'll keep you around because you do just your job. But there's a huge difference between you that just do your job. And the person that sees where responsibility has been abdicated, where there's been a hole and they say, you know what? I've noticed nobody's like worried about this thing or done it. I'm going to I'm going to go over there and fix this thing. Your value remains average. So. I've heard artists speak about this before, musical artists, where they've thought. Man, like I don't hear this sound on the radio. Like I don't hear this thing that I'm looking for. Maybe it's a certain way to harmonize over beats or a certain 
flow that could be used or a certain way that you use words, whatever it is. Say, man, like I didn't hear this on the radio, but I'm a musician. Oh, maybe I'll make it. (laughs) Maybe I'll fill that hole that I'm looking for someone else to do for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then they became who they were. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, I saw something. I, I sensed that there was a vacancy in the space that I was interested in. Opportunity. And that's where the opportunity was lurking because responsibility had been abdicated. It had been neglected. And so I decided to start making that music that I that I saw in my mind, that I heard that I knew needed to be the thing. And then I made that music. It was it was super easy to me. I knew exactly what it was I wanted to hear, but no one was making the music. Mm -hmm. So I made the music. And now they look at me as that guy that did that thing. So. I feel like this is something that we should just be doing in our daily lives because, again, we've talked about how or I know I've certainly talked about how our individual lives is where our power lies. Mm -hmm. It's what we can do. So I think on an individual level, we should be thinking about where our values lie, why they lie there and be trying to discern whether they need a shift because that shit matters Because if we don't change where our values lie, then we teach our children and they got the same value system and they keep going up and we keep doing the same thing. And you keep having these theaters packed out full of everyone but black people Mm -hmm. wanting to hear people speak on ideas Mm -hmm. and think through things. And it just it just it matters. It's a large project. It's an extremely large project. And I've had people talk to me about how most of my ideas seem like large projects. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, what else do we do? What else are you going to do spending your time here on this planet? There's there's either there's either exactly there's either get better and try to help out or just toss your hands up in the air and just hope that the reckoning is as soft as possible. (laughs) Just hope that when the ship crashes, it's just, it's as quick as possible. It's as quick as painless as possible. Mm -hmm. I don't see any, any other way. I'm super, I listen to people and I'm super hopeless a lot of the time. But it doesn't sound like it on this pod. I'm uh-huh. I, I look out and I see a lot of hopelessness. Yeah. But what drives me is the understanding that there's nothing else to do. There's there's no other option. It's either I try to generate momentum and help in whatever small way I can, or I don't do anything at all. And how can I I mean, how can I judge anything if I'm just going to say, well, somebody else will figure it out. Right. Somebody else will handle it. That's no way of looking at things. So I'm just working day after day after day to be the type of person that would fill that vacancy. Fill that vacancy. Yes. Because we, because there is there is a, a a trick to it. We are we do need a trick 
to come along. We 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 need the most click clickbaitish person in a sense because good enough information and virtues will not work on its own mm. because those are out there. So what we need is someone that has whatever essence of black coolness, whatever that is, there is there's something of the essence that that black people see, young black people see, older black people, whatever that is, that is some sort of coolness that speaks to them. Mm -hmm. And so if Kanye was a hyper intellectual, then we'd be listening to Kanye, but not just because he's intellectual, because he's Kanye and he makes music. Right. And we like it. <laughs> if it was LeBron and he was a hyper intellectual, we'd be listening to him because he plays basketball very well. Yeah. The same way that people listen to Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo by moving those Coca-Cola things, we just look at these people differently. Right. And it shouldn't be that way, but because it is that way, we need a trick. We need somebody to come along that has just enough of the coolness that people relate to and want to be a part of, mm -hmm. but also has all the other virtues that we're looking for that they'll be tricked into learning about. We need DJ NB to just start preaching, preaching some some intellectual shit. Well, no, because he it's just not that's just not gonna be it's not him. No, that's no, not, that's not him. No, I again because I feel like it may be even difficult to understand the level of unbiased object uh objective intellectual sort of discussion I'm um, in civil discussion I'm talking about unless you watch these types of people. You have to watch different types of people so you understand, oh, I'm normally hearing... Son. <laughs> I'm normally hearing bullshit. I'm normally hearing somebody just fighting to, to line their pockets. I'm usually hearing somebody that is struggling to keep well, to amass and sustain whatever following it is they have. Mm. Because I imagine it's extremely hard for people to, to try to be nonpartisan with their views and have their boat rise on the tide. Mm. I, I, I imagine it being difficult because you don't just, you're, you're kind of spontaneous in a sense. You, you're not, you're not roped down to any one ideology with one pocket of people fighting for you. Mm -hmm. You're 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 talking about a lot of different things and you're not pledging allegiance to any one type of person. And that's why I imagine it's much harder to do things that way. And I think that a lot of the times people find themselves being so extreme in any one pocket and becoming a character because they feel as though if they don't. They won't have that following, meaning they won't be able to get any good done. Uh -huh. So I think that some people definitely throw to the side some of their dignity, a lot of their dignity and their truth mm -hmm. in order to to trick people into thinking that some, there's someone that they're not so that they can get some work done. They're trying to play ball and play the game a little bit and give the people what they want, even though they don't believe everything that they're saying that they do mm. so that people will put them in a position to one, have money and take care of them in their own, as well as do some good. Mm. And so it's why a, do you why do you think that 
we are so tribal. Why do you think that we try to stick to our own? We try to. We... I think some of that just could very well be biological. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that could just very well be within our DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes a certain kind of a certain kind of mind to sort of transcend that, to yeah. sort of break out of that idea. Because I'm I'm kind of thinking that, you know. We've kind of just been throughout the centuries kind of alienated and, you know, put at the bottom of the barrel. So it kind of makes you. Mm. makes you want to just kind of stick to your own shit. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Because these are the things that you can trust. Mm. That's understood. That's also an unsophisticated way of looking at things. Because, and again, I implore people to go look up the Mm. Black Intellectual panel on the Dark Horse podcast. Because they're breaking things down. You should go watch it. They break things down in such a way where no one is discounting the fact that there are things that are systemically oppressive Mm -hmm. or that there is racism period in the world. Like that's just a ridiculous thing. That's a ridiculous claim, Mm -hmm. but, but things are so multi, yo, someone dying out here, but, oh man, but some, but things are so multidimensional. Things are so multifaceted, so complex that, you have to take a lot of things into account that a lot of people are just not when it comes time to think about any given problem. Yeah. Any given problem. Yeah. And so it just can't, it's just not as easy to say what's well, cause we're black. Yeah. Like that, that and not only because we're black, but because these people made being black a bad thing mm. in the eyes of everyone. Like it's not just things in this life are just not that simple. Mm. So, it's a it's an interesting thing, but I, yeah, that tribalism definitely greatly narrows our vision, mm-hmm. our visual prowess, and what what it could be in this world. The things that we could be taking a part of and seeing and understanding and being a part of the discussion about it's just it's it's absolutely insane. But we 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 definitely got to do better with it with who we choose to be our champions, our, our mentors. But again, we need a trick. We need somebody to come. We need some persons to come out here and be just, just hip enough, just cool enough, whatever it is that connects with black people, but also brings this, this other side out that has emotion, that has emotional regulation. When they speak to people, they're civil, they're nice, mm-hmm. they're intellectual, they're not just trying to drive down their idea, uh, ideological ways down your throat. Mm. It's 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 needed. No, I, I definitely I respect that opinion because when you truly think about it, there are just a lot of shitty people in the black community <laughs> that are being looked up to. Yeah, like, that, yeah, that'll be yeah, like God. I mean, and don't get me wrong, there's some people out there, and I know that there's you know that are being looked to, looked up to that are just really great, smart people. But when you really think about it, like, like who is in our popular yeah. public yeah. sphere yeah. that like when just the, again, the fact that, she, that when you listen to the type of conversation they're having, you're blown away the entire time. Mm-hmm. The Just the way their knowledge and the way that they're talking about stuff blows you away. Mm-hmm. And then when she said the breakfast club, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> 
the fact that you even is this had the same video? Yeah, like the <laughs> fact that you even had to name that platform means that we are in trouble. Yeah, that's not where I'm where I'm going to to find any type of great conversation. I go on there and fucking Birdman is but, but where yeah, world. but in exactly. Like, and, or you or you have Charlemagne looking over at Logic asking him, Who raped your sister? <laughs> Like that, like that's where our bar, that's where our bar is set for intellectual deep speak. Right. That's where our bar is set. And I just have an issue with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I, like you said, these, I think these areas are out there. Like these pockets of people are out there. A thousand percent. They're just not on the scale to, for us to see them. Nope. Nope. Mm. Cause they're not cool enough. Yeah. They're not marketable enough to us. Right. Wow. Yep. They're not wearing the right things. They're not looking the right way. They're not walking the right way. It, it, we just, we don't feel connected to them. Right. And that's, that's an issue in and of itself. So we have to find ways of correcting for that. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got to say. Wow. And that's all I got to say. No, that's, that's very thoughtful. <laughs> I might have to watch that joint. You should. Yes. You should definitely watch it. Watch as much of it as, you know, pleases you. But if you watch 10 minutes, it's more than enough for you to say, okay, yeah, I get what he's saying. Yeah, yeah nah, we we, we got to get these other people out the way because <laughs> they're not the ones to be having. They, they shouldn't be at the helm of discussions for us. These other these other platforms. Right. Like, nah, 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 nah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which is why, again, when you said that Mark Lamont and whoever he was speaking to that week was such a great discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, like if you just heard other discussions, you would not think that. Yeah. It's a bad, it's a bad discussion. One, because it's not open enough. It's not it's not. First of all, I got excited. I got away from those short, those short conversations a long time ago. I watched long discussion conversation anywhere from an hour to three hours long. Mm-hmm. Because in order to really get ingrained and entrenched in ideas and for people to really get them out, it takes a long time. This whole news caster thing where you, oh, well, we're going to put so-and-so on for a few minutes and we're going to talk to him about how to cure sadness in the world, right? <laughs> like, it'll be something that's that serious. Uh-huh. And they'll be like, all right, we have seven minutes to talk about this. That's not the way that you have conversation. And right. the way that you look at the news and you know that that's archaic by now. Yeah. You, can't, you can't break down yeah. conversations like that. Those 20, 25 minutes, that's not that much better. It's still hard to have it. Now, right. again, even because Mark Lamont decides to be to have his voice tamed mm-hmm. and he's not throwing his hands up, he's not calling names, that doesn't mean that he's not out for blood. That do, that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's still not an open conversation. Right. Open, honest conversation. It, right. It's not. You can tell agenda behind what he's saying and the way that he's formulating sentences and statements. And there's not a lot of points that are being agreed on. It's just a lot of my version versus yours. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's all that's being said. It's a whole lot of how can I make you look stupid? Yeah. As opposed to let's work together. The goal is to like one person to leave like, damn, he was right. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what I'm saying. There's no, we're looking, these other types of conversations, they are, opponents mm-hmm. in debates mm-hmm. as opposed to the discussions that I like to watch where you have people sitting down that are conversational partners. It, it Just that framing 
changes the entire objective of the conversation. Right. And it changes the entire, I mean, framing of how you feel inside of that space. Mm-hmm. It changes everything. Those still have a competitive combative essence to them right and that's if you know about communications you just understand that that is not that is not maximizing right that that is that does not lend a hand to what the prime objective should be and it's even worse because there's a there's an air of disrespect in there because for us we do this podcast i've had many conversations with you about what i want the podcast to be Mm. what sort of energy i like to bring to the podcast Mm. and all of that has to do with the fact that people listen to this. Yeah. And I don't like to disrespect people. Yeah. So if you're going to come and support me, I'm going to try to give you my best. Right. So for you to just try to make someone look stupid and not actually try to further the conversation, mm-hmm. you're nitpicking on little points. And what authors do you know? What authors do you know that actually just if, if he's not answering your question the way that you want to, then just expound. Tell us what authors there are and what it is that they're saying exactly. Give us a quote or two. Tell us where he's wrong and what and what's actually taking place. Mm-hmm. Because all we're hearing is you say that he don't know nothing, he doesn't know anything. Right. But you're not you're not doing a service to your viewership and your listenership that way. You're just trying to flex that you can quickly use your cognitive functions and make people look stupid. Mm-hmm. And and again, it may be marketable. Maybe it's good for the clicks. Yeah. And that's my whole issue is everything's about what's good for the clicks. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't, man. It's we, a world of, dare I say it again on this pod, capitalism. It's about the money. It's about whose side is better, who can make the most. Everybody's greedy in that industry. Bro. Everything. Bro, I watched I watched the video. I should I should make put a link or something somewhere on something that we have. People, money stops being a factor in your happiness or at least your level of misery past about seventy, eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. When you can keep bill collectors at bay. You don't have like no one's ever coming to you. You don't think your car is about to be taken. The lights are about to come off. The water's going to shut off. People come knocking on your door talking about you got to get out. You late on rent. Once all those things are are not on your mind at all. Mm -hmm. At that point, money doesn't. And there are studies. You can look at this stuff. Money doesn't really do much for you after that. Right. As far as your happiness goes after that. And even really before that, it, it now we're talking about internal yeah. qualities. Yeah. That's that's what we're talking about. Money's a tool. It doesn't it, it like yes, it makes people happy, but it's just re- it's really a tool. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna solve what's going on in here. It's not. Nah. Again, they said past about seventy, eighty thousand. After that, you can just keep getting money. It's not gonna matter. Mm-hmm. It's called hedonic adaptation. Mm-hmm. You reach a certain amount of money, and then you live that sort of lifestyle. Yeah. And then you think, well, all right. Well, if I make a little bit more money, then I'll be happy. I just just twenty more thousand dollars. Then then okay, a tw- hundred thousand. Once I get once I'm six figures. 
I get that's gotta make you happy. Uh-huh. Everybody talks about six figures. Now you're in a different tax bracket like that makes you happy. Then you get a hundred, you get that six figures. You start living a six figure lifestyle. Yeah. And you still haven't addressed any of the things that you actually have going on inside your heart and your mind. Mm-hmm. You've only kept bill collectors at bay. Yeah. But you haven't figured out any of that other stuff. Made some other people happy with your money. So now you're thinking, okay, it's 150,000. That's what it is. I got to get the 150. Once <laughs> once I get once you get 150, you got to be happy. There's no way to not be happy with 150,000. And so on and so forth. That is what hedonic adaptation is. Mm-hmm. You just keep acquiring and then you adapt. And then you acquire some more mm-hmm. and you adapt mm-hmm. because that's what human beings do. Mm-hmm. We adapt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, that's that's those are my rants. Right. Those are my rants. For Very the day. well spoken, sir. Those are my rants for the day. Very well spoken. Uh, we want to go to get on to this meaningfulness card. Or you got something else you would like to speak well, what on time? beforehand? What, what time? Oh, uh, we had eight twenty. We we're at an hour twenty or so. Uh, so we can just we can do whatever you like to do, sir. You know what? Yeah, why not? I got two things I could I could save for next time. Wonderful. Yeah. Meaningfulness question of the week. <laughs> this is hilarious for both of us. Yeah, this is going to be over quickly. What is one of the kindest things someone has ever done for you? I <laughs> don't really have much to say in that. And that's not to say that no one's ever done anything kind for me, but I can't think of some grand life changing gesture that that I that I just pinpoint and say, man, I just wouldn't be who I am today without that thing that that person did. So just many kind things for many kind people. None of them necessarily stick out as like, oh, man, that was extra kind. Yeah, like I can't say, you know, you know, I was homeless and and somebody (laughs) raised some money and put me into a me in a crib like i can't right i don't know right you know like like i was telling you earlier you know my mom bought me a laptop last year for school awesome that was awesome it's great thank you thank (laughs) you very much mom but like i don't want to say that is the kindest thing that someone's ever done for me there's got to be something better than that right well well and and that's that's the whole point of this is for most of us, we don't have those moments where somebody just took us out of the muck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> and put us in the lap of luxury. <laughs> and not to completely diminish the value of parenting. Right. Because raising a child is a very kind thing to do. Yeah. And, yeah. all, and all the things that thank could, you for keeping a roof over my head, right? And giving me food <laughs> and, and clothes and all and the little video games me, that I had. And let me keeping me fresh, <laughs> allowing me to run off with my friends. Do so, like these were all great things, yeah. but I feel like a car like this is asking for something that doesn't seem so obligatory. Like right, like as a as a parent, so materialistic. You should be doing these things. <laughs> you should. Yeah, it's not that they're not kind still to do. Yeah, but you should be doing them. Yeah. So it speaks to me as though something that someone didn't have to do mm-hmm. and was very surprising that they did. Maybe happened unexpectedly. You know what's interesting for me? It's what? the little things. I am wearing right now a hemp bracelet. 
Okay. This may have cost all of one dollar. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how much some threads of hemp cost. I, I don't. I don't know that. But I'll tell you what. I'm walking out of my job the other day, and I have my knapsack on. Knapsack has a little string that you pull to tighten it at the top. Mm-hmm. I'm walking out. There's this security guy that I've never spoken to before. He's like, hey, man, is that hemp on your back? I look back. I'm like, nah, man, it's just some rope. <laughs> it's just some regular rope, man. I was like, you know, I don't I don't really have hemp anything. My, and then I started a whole conversation. I was like, well, my aunt did give me a hemp journal that I write a bunch of wacky stuff in. I call it my wacky journal. It's pretty cool. I do love the way that it feels, the yeah. texture. You can see the seeds in it, the roots, all this sort of stuff. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, man, I deal with a lot of stuff and you know, with hemp. Do you do you wear bracelets or any sort of jewelry or anything like that? I was like, I mean, I don't I don't have any, but I would. And he was like, Can I can I make you a bracelet? I was like, Yes, you can. <laughs> yes. Hell yes, yeah. you can. And he was just like, all right, awesome, man. Cool. Like, let me see your wrist real quick. And he put his fingers around my wrist. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, All right, all right. And I was like, hey, man, what's What's your name? We haven't even formally met yet. Right. You don't know my name yet. You're about to make me a bracelet. Right. I said, my name is Earl, man. Nice to meet you. You said, you know what? My name is Zach. Or you can call me Moose. And I said, you know what? All right. All right, Moose. I see, I see you. I see you, man. Wow. Thank you, Moose. Thank you. And the next okay. time I saw him, he was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm working on that bracelet. I'm working on this. I was like, yo, don't worry. You you can get me that bracelet whenever you want to yeah. or not even finish it ever. <laughs> you don't owe me anything. He was like, no, I'm just, you know, I just want to let you know I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. And this is when he sees me around at work. Yeah. Maybe like two hours later, he finds me at work. And he comes and ties this bracelet around my... So I'm like, wait, you were down there right. in the security office working on it. Wow. Like, this wasn't even... A, I promise when I get back home, I'm going to do a little wow. bit more. And then I'm... He was working on it at work. He must have took what you said and was just like, oh, no, nah, I got to get this shit done. This nigga way too nice. He's way too nice. <laughs> I got to get this shit done now. So... So is it the kindest thing that anyone's done for me? No, of course not. Because people raised me in their home and gave me food and a place to sleep. Kept and me alive. Put me in camps and things. Exactly. <laughs> gave me books. <laughs> no, but it's not. But it definitely is the type of thing that stands out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because had I not even decided to say, hey, man, we haven't formally met each other. What's your name? He, I might have just walked out of there and he didn't even know my name. He would have just been making a bracelet for a dude that he saw and had a conversation about yeah. him for a second. Yeah. And that would have been it. Yeah. So things like that definitely stand out because it's abnormally nice. Abnormally caring. Yeah. I think I said when I, when he gave it to me, I said, hey, man, thank you. Like, you're the man for this. You're the man. He was like, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm putting a little bit of it out there in the universe. Maybe hopefully it'll come back to me, Earl. And I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> All right, man. I feel you. I'm with you. All right. I hope the best for all your future endeavors, sir. So, I'm going to take it back a week. Okay. Josh. Yes. Josh did not have to stop me from doing what I was doing, come over to me, tell me that I could be doing this better, take me to over to his shit, put some equipment together, tell me this is going to work better for you. You can take it. <laughs> 
Yes. There you go. Yeah. He did it, that. Yeah, it's just those Didn't things. Didn't have to do that. It's it those was very things. kind of him. He has upped my level of fishery. Yes. I, I also thought about when my brother beat that guy up because he stole my bike. Because <laughs> that was just kind of awesome, too. I never, I don't think up until that point I had seen that sort of of security uh-huh. from him before. Yeah. I never really thought that what someone does to me mattered to right. him really. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think it mattered Sad. to me. I had never seen that <laughs> that level of fidelity really. Uh-huh. I, I never uh-huh. saw that happening. So then when, you know, he had heard that I got my bike stolen, he was just like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like we like we knew we told him who it was. And he was like, <laughs> all right, that's fine. And and he didn't even tell me what he was gonna do. He just rolled up on a dude was like, hey listen, you got a week. Bring bring my brother's bike back. Yeah. If you don't, like, I'll see you. <laughs> it's that simple. And the end of the week came, and the dude didn't bring my bike back. <laughs> and so he got saw. <laughs> and, and, that, and that was that. And I never got that bike back. But it, at that time, it certainly made me feel good oh, yeah. to know that he got beat oh, up yeah. because he took that bike. That's all right. He can have that bike and so, his broken leg. So, yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, Someone getting beat up over stealing my bike and this hemp bracelet I have on my wrist right now. Wow. So that's what I got. Wow. Let nice. me now draw a new card. Hopefully. That wasn't as bad as a segment as I thought no, it was going to be. No, actually. no, that it was wasn't. A, it yeah. wasn't. It turned out to be pretty good. Because I thought about that on the spot. Like, that was, that was cool. All right. Meaning for this card for next week. What do you spend too much time doing? Okay. What do you spend too much time doing? Okay. That is going to... All right. Okay. All right. right. I could definitely do that. Yeah, think about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, One more time before we get out of here. This episode has been brought to us by Mentor, a wise. We need them to be wise and trusted. We need to be able to trust them. Too many times people take and manipulate in, in the trust of the people. Because mm-hmm. again, we choose these people. Mm-hmm. We put these people in power. And they're not to be trusted a lot of the time. Yeah. We need a wise and trusted counselor or teacher, an influential senior sponsor or supporter. And again, just this last point, just like, because I did liken it to young children not having father figures in the house. Or mother figure, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, you start looking around for one. And it's very often that you might look in the wrong place. So... Might join a gang. <laughs> yes. And that could be your family. Yeah. So you... You know, we have to, we have to be trying to find true worthy mentors because those are for intents and purposes our mothers and fathers Mm -hmm. but because it seems like we haven't set our values in the right places that role has seemingly been vacant Mm -hmm. they are there but we don't know it right so it has been seemingly vacant so yeah, we just need someone to be kind of cool and, and and do it. It's 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 a very it's a very sad thing, honestly. Yeah, it's a sad thing, but I, but but it's it's got to be done that way. It's got to be done that way. I was just trying to think about all the things that, like, can you define? It's very hard for people a lot of the time because people will say, "Oh man, like they're really cool." Can you define what 
components come together to make cool for you? Uh, I feel like it is a lot more difficult than than how flippantly people use that word. Oh, that was cool. Uh, That person's kind of cool. First thing I think of is inspiration. Like what? In like they they got to be inspiring about something, and mm. hopefully something positive. Mm. Um, when it comes to the way, because I think that cool runs through everything. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the way that someone dresses, what do you think is cool? Can you even say really? Probably just the brands of what they're wearing. I guess the brands. Yeah. See, and okay, so that's something that we need to mark out of the books for us. <laughs> that's something that needs to be going because these people I'm talking about, I don't know what brand. Don't nobody know what brands they wear. Mm-hmm. So brands is something that has to be scratched out. We have to start looking at people outside of that. They should be able to wear cloth if they want to. Yeah. And we still listen to them because what they're saying makes sense. And it's it's awesome. Just, just a cloth. Right. I think <laughs> that when we say it's cool, a lot of the times you might say to someone, what you're wearing is awesome. I could never do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear that. But you see something in someone else. You see a certain confidence that they have when they strut around wearing what they feel like is good for them, whether it be certain colors, patterns, shapes that they're wearing and the way it shapes their body, whatever it is, or the way it falls on their frame. But you can easily see that something is cool that you would not wear. Yeah. Like we've definitely seen that. So there's something in the way that someone dresses, the way that they present themselves through dress that is marketable and that is cool and doesn't have to be attached to brands. Because I think that whoever it is we're looking for is going to have to hit all these categories. When it comes to the way that people carry themselves, their actual stature, Mm -hmm. the way that they walk, there's got to be something cool there too. It's got to be confident, but not, but not overbearingly cocky. You know what else people think is like really cool that I hate? Hmm. Hmm. Like just flashing money. Like no, see, like see, I, I absolutely, I can't stand as like as much as I listen to these rap niggas, hmm. I can't stand seeing niggas just. Uh, oh right, the the money phones. Uh, the, like, it's just uh, like it's just so corny to me. It's so corny. Well, well, at least that's the case for you. So we don't have to scratch that off for you, but we need to scratch it off for a lot of people. Uh-huh. That's not cool. Yeah. We need we have to reframe cool. We have to get a deeper understanding and, and engagement and relationship with what is actually cool things. Mm-hmm. Cool should be being able to have discussion with someone, sit back, listen to what they have to say, respond amicably, civilly. Not cutting them off, trying to make them look stupid, trying to score points over them. These things are cool. And again, not just reciprocating. So whatever, if they're disrespectful to you in any sort of way, calling you out of your name or doing these things that that are not the best components for the most lucrative conversation, the most fruitful conversation to be had, you don't need to now mirror those. Mm -hmm. That's not cool. That idea of, well, I'm just giving it to you the way that I'm getting it. That's not cool. We have to knock that out. What's cool is rising above and being the better person. Mm -hmm. That is what's cool. So we we just gotta we just gotta look at what we think is cool and different things and and tweak them reframe them a little bit so we're looking at other things as cool that's that's all because there's no reason why we need to be uh, 
you know, aspiring to to be young thug. We don't have to do it. Like I'm not like he's he's we can we can look at the accomplishments that he has had and think that's awesome. Yeah. Same thing with Charlemagne the God. I've read one of his books. He's come a long way. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. We should be able to say that, acknowledge it, and then say, but what I'm looking for is a bit more virtuous than mm-hmm. that. That's that's all. Okay. Um, and those are my last words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to backtrack here. My last words are when you're going into new ventures, take others' opinions mm. with a grain of salt. Sometimes you got to find your own way uh, because as Earl said, misery does love company mm. and you can't allow people to drag you down into their own misery before you you've even started your own adventure. All right. All right. I think we're done here. Thank you all for listening. Peace.